Here's what I'm thinking. I'm liking skulls, I'm liking smoke, I'm liking flares. <laughs> What's up, beautiful world? It's your boy Sway from MTV News filling in for Kurt Loder, and we are back with a midweek episode, episode 12 of, of Knifey Lion Radio. Radio. My name is Jonah. Follow Knifey Lion Radio on Twitter if you haven't, and if you're not, you missed quite a week. I did write I'm flying solo, but I am not flying solo because joining me via FaceTime audio from the bizarre state of Florida, it is indoor instigator. Zach. Hi. Hello. Good day. Corbin Bone. Not joined. He's still recovering from last night's game. He got into six fist fights with Northern Guard members, Nick from soccer, and uh, watching from the top of the garage, deadlifting cars, as usual, was Chad. He is here in spirit. Um, of course, after last night's 4-1 thrashing of the Detroit Scully McSkelly gloves, this episode will be entirely about the upcoming midterm elections, and whether the Democrats can retake the House of Representatives. Politics! I'm just kidding. We will recap the DCFC game, including a final thought on the amazing build-up to the game and uh, Don Garber booking his Allegiant Air flight to CBG right now. But first, to all those FCC fans who came out together last night and all of their glorious plasticity, hold on to your ticket, because that gets you free admission to the John Hart's Cave of Wonders! And if you're a pathetic looky-loo Detroit fan checking in, please follow the arrows to the Northern Guard Sewer of Self-Righteous Failure! Zach, you want to jump in just for a second? It's going to be a long time before you speak, so is there anything you need to say? No, no, this is okay, great. great. <laughs> but before we get to the recap, a quick word from this week's sponsor. I bet you can guess it. Party City! Are you a holier-than-thou wannabe ultra with crippling insecurity? Well, folks, Party City has what you need to take your fandom to the next level. Stock up on skeleton gloves, skeleton bandanas, not to mention iron-on letters. If you want America to know how FCK, MLS, all day, every day, you are. We also have novelty glasses frames if you're one of the dozens of fans who want to look like Michael Douglas in Falling Down. Those adorable rubber dinosaur heads you put on the tips of your fingers as a kid? Yeah, we have those. And you'll look ferocious, giving the man the finger with the T-Rex helping you really say roar. So don't get caught looking like a Cincinnati normie when you could be a Detroit Ultra. Stop into any of our 39,000 locations today. Party City, where DCFC and Lou City come alive. All right. Wow. We're off to a start. Some kind of start. Up first, though, uh, recap. You know, we touched on the build-up to the game a little in last week's, oh, God, Sunday. It wasn't that long ago. Sunday podcast. Things finally really came to a boil with uh, Detroit City bringing in the ICS. No, I don't know who it was. The, yeah, I don't know. Detroit getting together with the Independent Supporters Council to put out a request form for their own private security 
militia, all these things under the threat of violence at the game, of course, which didn't happen. Zach, any final thoughts about the final push before the game and how much you were enjoying the awfulness on Twitter? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't have final thoughts. I have new <laughs> thoughts on it every Even few better. minutes. Every few minutes, another reason just to be annoyed. Again, I said the other day, like, it's a team that, on the surface, you really want to root for them. You want to pull for them. Even playing against them, like, you just want them to do well. But then, like, it's just too bad that they've soured so many people on them. They, obviously, they're going to say they don't care what we think of them. That's fine. But they've just done themselves, like, a giant disservice. That's too bad. All I can say is I'm glad it's over. I never would wish, like, terrible things to happen to any club. But from their owner to all down the line to even some of their players, like, I really hope that the whole place just fucking implodes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. People seem to have okay interactions with them in person i saw one of the guys who i'd been um shit talking with under the klr twitter handle walk by the window where i was eating it's always weird when uh people from the internet become real human beings but i refuse to see him that way he's still the twitter monster that i know yeah and loathe. well the thing the thing about that is you know yeah the thing the shit talking on the internet becomes kind of real once you see people face to face but that's why you know i feel like we've kept all ours like pretty light the thing is, a lot of them haven't. If you're going to wave middle fingers in somebody's face, like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd like could've... to know the scenario around it. Was someone up on the second deck and, like, threw something yeah. at him or spit? Because then, I mean, that's just a fucking shitty thing to do. But yeah, if you're face is, like... to face, I don't know. Because I didn't, it didn't feel that. Obviously, the, they kept the supporters pretty separate. I didn't feel any crazy vibes more so than just, like, you know, fuck you guys. I wasn't getting any kind of energy. So the fact that yeah. they said someone threw bottles... I didn't see anything like that. But. Yeah, I mean, I I believe it. It sounds like maybe it wasn't even like a face-to-face thing. Someone was posting that spit came raining down from above or something like that, which is like coward's move. And they know they want to say, like, oh, Cincinnati fan base, not ready for MLS. You guys aren't fucking classy enough, whatever. Yeah, like all MLS whatever. is pure class, all the fans. Yeah. Like, what are you talking it's like, about? give me a fucking break. Like, this was a coward's move if somebody did that. No one, like, the general FCC fan base is going to tell you that's fucking disgusting. You know? um, it's Go hard home. for me to give them the benefit of the doubt when they're just, no, like, presenting themselves as such yeah. enormous assholes. Yeah. Um, Go home, fucking take a shower in your squat, and <laughs> cry about it. I was thinking about this episode, like, there were things I wanted to say. Like, I kind of, because I've been embarrassed about some of the things that our fans have said. I wish we could just get on the same page and, like, just be cool. The thing that they fail to realize is, like, with a fan base as big as ours, we go over the whole spectrum of people. Like We have to anywhere. balance Northside, Sharonville, Milford. They're, like, Northside. <laughs> like, they're just, like, this... They feel like the hip neighborhood if they yeah. had a team. We have a fucking entire city. And that's why I'm curious if they get an MLS team, what's going to be left of their fans will be, like, the worst, probably. They'll say the best, but they probably have some people balancing it out. And I think those people, they might lose some of those. And Today, their tone is a little different than it was yesterday, but it doesn't matter. I just... <laughs> I just don't care. Like, yeah, that guy's whole speech before the games, like, we're the ones who live paycheck to paycheck not like i'm like fuck you man like seriously fuck you excuse me everyone i know you're sitting there enjoying the podcast but i need to interject last night northern guard leader sergeant scary presented a twitter speech that will be that will be considered from now until eternity the greatest speech since the gettysburg address and if you didn't read it i will now 
rebirth it to you. Thank you. Tonight is literally a clash of cultures. Oil versus water. Ice cream trust fund versus those who go paycheck to paycheck. Those quote-unquote gifted with a toy versus those who build their club. Tonight is the marquee matchup in American soccer. Money versus Moxie. But I want you to remember one thing, one very important thing about tonight. Those who are not us don't like to hear our rhetoric. We and the other clubs like us, we're the flies in the self-entitled soup. We are the thorn in the side that just won't go away. And that's what they want. They desire us to fade away. They want to shut you up tonight more than anything in the world. You, specifically all 28 plus of you. You self-righteous, self-important, holier-than-thou people of Detroit City FC. To have the ball go past our goalkeeper tonight would be to concede on the pitch. Tonight, though, to be quiet for a mere moment would be to concede off the pitch. You see... Here's something we all know that they hate. We're the banner holders. We're the front line. The battle for supporter culture is literally at our doorstep. And you are the soldiers. <laughs> but it's become bigger than us. Tonight, don't you ever stop singing. Up to one, down 7-0, sing louder and longer than you would a K-worth. As I told Copa 90, we're now the voice for those who aren't big enough to speak. We now speak for so many who can't. You are the voice now. Tonight, sing for the tier four clubs that have been squashed by billionaires and their marketing agencies. Tonight, sing for the lower tier supporters struggling to draw more than 28 to their match. You now represent them in this war for our culture. You are the support for the boys that grew up in your neighborhood. Uh, you are the backbone of a movement that's fallen into our lap. And by God, we're gonna lead the way. This is a war, and tonight's gonna be one hell of a fight. So lift your voices, lift your eyes, and sing for your city and so many others until we finish the rant carry on if that's what they want to think because yes we have a billionaire owner that's, <laughs> what does the owner have to do with anything? yeah we're not a fan base of fucking billionaires yes we were gifted this team so <laughs> <laughs> so like my ideas about the world might be very similar to theirs but i don't need my soccer team is not like my political views you don't know all of our fans you can't our fan base is too big and that's not a brag that's just it so with that said Talk about the actual game. I was down there and um, energy was good. Uh, starting lineup, I was pretty okay with. Had a lot of people who normally start or play a lot and only a few. I wouldn't even say randoms. There weren't really any randoms in the starting squad. Uh, Sem DeWitt. Poor Sem DeWitt. He's going to get in the game one day. I don't know if, the, if it's not this game. 
Actually, maybe he never will. Welshman up top, Jimmy, Nazmi, Haber, uh, Seymour's back, uh, LaHood, Lance Lang, Lasso, Patty Barrett, Boehner, and Newton back in goal. I mean, that's that's a playoff USL team for sure. I was feeling pretty good. The game started, and from the jump, to me, it looked like but we were the better team, controlling the ball, not really getting anything going in the final third at all. And, of course, I'm nervous that the field's a little wet. Any shit could happen, and it kind of did. Uh, they got the first goal, a break away Sean Lawson who will quickly be forgotten I'm sorry I even mentioned your name scores in the 31st minute and uh yeah my chest just dropped to my butthole when that happened and I just an awful moment I was like this is really gonna happen we're gonna lose to these assholes even though I have them all blocked somehow I'll never hear the end of it but luckily that feeling didn't last too long four minutes later Welshman with a nice assist from my MVP of the game and Nick from soccer's Forrest Lasso with a nice cross into the middle which Welshman headed in and the relief was palpable in the stadium Zach, you missed the first half. Full full disclosure, you are on vacation. You tried to watch first half, but you were not able to. How did it feel just getting the texts at first goal, <laughs> knowing we were down to these assholes? What was going through your head as an outsider not watching the game? That's what the people want to hear about. Um, well, to be honest, I was chasing my child down a beach as he was trying to do cartwheels in the sand. and He texted me, and uh, yeah, I looked at it. I tell you what it really made me feel like shit <laughs> started getting the uh little bubble guts a little bit i'm like you gotta be fucking kidding me but i'll say this their goal was it was fucking great they really did slice us apart they were moving the ball well on that goal i know i didn't get to see it you know in the context of the game but yeah when you watch the highlight there's yeah it was, that was really good no it was definitely a legit goal it was a bit against the run of play but um i mean we weren't showing any signs of burying one yeah, then halftime comes and um, Koch doing what he does. He, um, I think he held, I'm not 100% sure, but word is he held Corbin Bones' kid upside down by his ankle and said, um, this one goes first if we don't win this game. <laughs> and like everyone's kind of was like, whoa. And like I saw Ledesma like put his kid in a closet because Koch had that look in his face. Koch, by the way, no, we'll get to that later. It was over. They come out. I'm, I mean, we looked good. You know, we were not getting the chances that uh, we really needed, but we were looking good in general. But then it just gets later, later. Still 1-1. Obviously, in my mind, I'm thinking the worst possible thing is we get close to full-time that they're going to fucking get a goal in the 89th minute on some total BS, and we're going to blow this. They also had a few calls go their way. I'm almost positive they had at least one handball. Could have called two. The linesman closest to us missed about four obvious calls. Zach, what did you think about handball or no handball? It's clear as day, a handball. There was two in a row by the same guy. This was after Corbin Bone had come in, and I thought once he came in, it seemed to like ignite a fire under everybody. Yeah, just like a burst of energy. Yeah, it was right by him. This guy handballs it. It bounces, he handballs it again. The first one you could call incidental. The second one was a clear handball. He like moved his um, hand towards the ball, like yeah, out of like confusion or something. It was yeah. I, maybe the ref was confused by how awkward he looked reaching out yeah. for the ball. It was so bizarre. Yeah, I don't know. At the end of the day, like I wouldn't have wanted. You don't want to win this game against you know a semi-pro team on a penalty. That's not how I I prefer to to win 4 to 1. Then it goes to extra time. Luckily, they did not get that BS goal and extra time was where we showed our conditioning, our skill, everything kind of just rose to the top. They're pretty early in their season, I think, and we're kind of starting to hit our stride. Our guys are fit. 
just better. That's when the scoreline started getting wonky. Got that first goal, Corbin Bone. I could barely tell what was going on. It was on the other end of the field, but... All I know, it was sweet, sweet ecstasy. Nick from soccer put his arm around my neck, I think out of joy, but I did start to see black spots. He was very (laughs) excited. And, uh, oh, man, it was a goddamn relief. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll tell you, I'm sure you've watched the highlight, but Welshman, he gets the ball just about to the touchline and beats a man, cuts it back for Corbin Bone, who hits it one time. He's running away from the goal and has to knock it back. So it it was not an easy shot. Yeah, so it was great. Welshman had a hat trick and then set up the fourth goal. There's a few players that stood out. Obviously, like Cicerone, you know, none of us had seen him besides preseason, and he looked fantastic. There's people on Reddit talking about how he's a little selfish with the ball, and like maybe I think he's maybe he's overthinking it. Like this is my time. I need to like earn my spot. Show everybody what I've got. And I think he did. You know, there's a handful of times he could have laid it off when he he wanted the, the glory. Well, run. I would say um, he beats four men and goes for the fifth instead of beating four yeah. and then passing it off. But he was, yeah, he was great. That's the next goal. Cicerone sprinting down the field with the ball. Nobody really challenging him most of the way, and he's blazing. And then he decided to uh, go for the shot, which I don't blame him. And but it was deflected straight to Welshman, who fucking ripped a rocket in the top of the net. And much like the angle of my seat, I was unaware who got the goal at first. And I wasn't sure if Cicerone had dribbled all the way and ripped that. And I was like, that's the greatest goal of his life. <laughs> I found out it was Welshman. And it, I mean, it was an amazing goal. Yeah, Cicerone, I will say, if you're talking about him being selfish, me and Nick watching the game, were just like begging for people to start shooting the ball. Their goalie was small. He was spilled a few balls. He didn't have to make any saves. All of them were he caught straight in his gut right at him. And I was like, if they just put some on target, like Lang had one early in the game. I was like, good. All right. This is what we're going to do. But then nobody else was doing it. I didn't mind that Cicerone was trying to take it on and have a go. Just shoot at this guy and you'll have a chance. So, I mean, he scuffed a shot later in the second period of extra time, but... I thought if they put some okay balls on this guy, he was going to make a mistake. So I was hoping somebody yeah. would just go for it. No, that's true. And selfish isn't the word I would I would use for him, even though there were a couple of times maybe he could have laid it off. But, yeah, he was really impressive. And Forrest Lasso looked like a man amongst boys. And then I thought Corbin Bone coming in, he was fantastic. <laughs> I hardly got to see Nazmi because I didn't get to see – the beginning of the game i know he kind of might have laid an egg out there and welshman yeah i think i texted you like it was like a quiet hat trick even though like (laughs) maybe it's because like you guys didn't couldn't even tell who was scoring the goals but like he kind of drifted in in and out of the game almost but then he scored three goals and had an assist (laughs) yeah no that's true the first half we were whipping in passes and either they were like poorly angled layoffs or people were having bad touches and the ball was kind of getting away and making some bad passes and we we're just like calm down just play normal but there the third goal the 110th minute welshman scored again just for the icing on the cake i know i was screaming like him! Pardon! like i just wanted it to be a bloodbath so the score ends up 4-1 i guess a little misleading because 4-1 in extra time, that sounds pretty crazy. Right. I think our skill and just overall quality finally reared its head in the extra time. Uh, Detroit, they had a legitimate chance to win the game. Thank God they didn't, though. Things I liked. You mentioned Corbin Bone coming in. I was desperate for him to come in for Nas because he was just not really making anything happen. And it was just not his game, not his night. Who was your uh, 
Who's your non-Welshman man of the match? Yeah, I think I'm going to go with Corbin because I don't – yeah, it just <laughs> – I can't imagine us a, scoring think, three more goals yeah. if he doesn't come in the game. Yeah, and like I think he gave us the spark to get the win, you know, not only with the go-ahead goal, but yeah, just his presence out there. I thought he was phenomenal. But yeah, I want to talk about Lasso just for a second because the first half, he was without a doubt the first half MVP goal excluded even he was just winning every ball in the air he looked completely in control back there he also made some big tackles in the second half he can use his feet too uh (laughs) no no long balls for me to criticize even though he had a few uh nothing crazy and he was just people were saying patty bar it was like oh he def someone was saying that he deserves this spot over lasso in the starting lineup and i was like you're not launching the same game that i was watching no no, Nothing against like, Patty Barrett either, but just... No, not at all. Lasso seems indispensable. I mean, he's almost a like-for-like <laughs> for Deckel. I'm not saying he's better than him, but they play a lot more similar. And I don't think you can displace Deckel Cannon, and I definitely don't think you can put him in for Forrest Lasso and call it even. The two center backs are our strongest pairing, and you can't split them up unless you're just trying to rotate, but... Neither of them should lose their starting spot to anybody. Yeah, I mean, we got another... We're playing Wednesday in Pittsburgh, so... I mean, you can fucking put him back out there. That's fine. <laughs> if uh, Kanon's going to play this Saturday. Like, I have no problem with him yeah, playing last, in these games, you know, but... Uh, Lasso's not Lasso's not going to play Saturday, so... Yeah, put him in yeah. Wednesday again. Yeah, I think maybe the best thing to happen for us is Forrest Lasso getting that yellow on Saturday. Because who knows, maybe Koch would have had something up his sleeve, some mystery formation, and tried. He would have rest Deckel and Lasso. Maybe Sam DeWitt is in there. Yeah, who knows? I think if maybe Sam DeWitt's we... in there, <laughs> I'm not as confident that they couldn't have eked out the upset. It's so almost I'm like thankful for the that. man upstairs looking out for Lasso <laughs> at all times. Yeah. But uh, if you're a fan of Forrest Lasso... <laughs> You know the doors are always open. Free coffee. The Forest Lasso <laughs> Chapel of Acceptance. Um, yeah, it was great the, game from him. The, the pew of acceptance. Yeah. It just felt weird at that time. Lahoud had a slow start, I felt like. He did, but then in the second half, you know, he did that stuff he always does where, like, he makes these really good turns as he's re- receiving the ball to almost put people on their butts. He had a few times last night where he outclassed the defender and kind of made him look stupid for a second. So, Jimmy he had a couple runs. He got to the touchline a few times. I thought it was weird. Our announcers were saying, oh, I wish, like, he would cut in less. You know, he cuts in to his right foot to shoot sometimes, whatever. I thought he put in some good crosses with his left foot. He got to the touchline a handful of times and whipped in some decent balls. Yes. And then right after right after they said that, he cuts into his right and like runs across the middle and has a shot, which was a good chance. But I, yeah, I thought he did pretty good. Yeah. So next, Pittsburgh. I honestly, I was telling Nick, which won't be true once that Pittsburgh game starts. I was like, I, I don't care what happens anymore. I'm just happy this is over and we won because I couldn't handle yeah. that. And like everything else is gravy to me. I can stomach yeah. a loss to any other team from here on yeah, out. Yeah, my uh yeah, my final thought on this game I'm going to give is that if I didn't have Twitter, which I wish I didn't get back on there, but I got on there just to read all this bullshit. If I had never got on there, you know, Detroit would be my second team. <laughs> it's just too bad. I wish like I wish I didn't dive into that hole because I know it doesn't really represent people's feelings and thoughts. People just like to get other people riled up. And had I not seen that, we don't know these guys in real life. You don't know people's sense of humor, whatever, and it turns you against them, which maybe isn't fair. And I wish things wouldn't have gone that way. They'll poof into a cloud 
of orange and blue chalk in my mind. Uh, I didn't yeah. mention it at the beginning, but I will do a quick. No. Mom says hi. Hi, mom. Catch watch. Catch. Most importantly, wearing a nice suit, acting like this game mattered, which is half the battle. No shorts, no goatee. So he was taking Detroit seriously, and um, I can't really give him say that he's warmer or colder than he was after that debacle on Saturday because we should have won this game and we did. So I'll say he's um wearing a jacket, but the sun's coming up. So Zach, give him a temperature. Yeah, I think the temperature is cool. He's not in any trouble right now. He took the game seriously while still giving some people a chance. Zach, will you be home in person for this week's NCFC game? Yes, I will be. Um, I fly back home tomorrow. I'll get home late afternoon. I'll go straight to bed. Then I'll get up at 2 in the morning. I'll go work for 10 hours as a union employee, <laughs> living paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> and then I'll <laughs> go to the game at night and do it all over again on you Sunday. trust fund, bitch. It's a blackout, so spend some more money. Get a black shirt. I'm wearing my black GB shirt from last year, and no one can stop me. Long live GB, the patron saint of the U.S. Open. <laughs> I think that Detroit fans probably don't know whether or not to make fun of our money-grubbing blackout or be <laughs> pro-blackout. I will say I've had, you know, I understand why they do it. They want to sell some more shirts. Everyone's got blue. Everyone's got orange. Everyone's got white now, so you got to do a blackout to make some more money. But give it a fucking rest, please. <laughs> <laughs> We're running out of colors. Year one, when they did the whiteout game, it was on the hottest game of the year, which True. worked out, yeah. which worked out well. And I soaked through my uh, cease and desist FCC shirt real quick. <laughs> I think the orange out was a failure. It was, as a failure. I could tell when I looked around. Yeah. Wear what you're gonna wear, folks. Okay, I'm not a shill. We're an independent podcast. We touch on po- we touch on politics. People hate it. Okay, <laughs> some people love it. If you agree. You know, we'll talk about who we're going to vote for in the coming months. Final thoughts, Zach, unless you've thought of a chant while you've been on vacation, you know, you're living the Florida dream. Has anything Jimmy Buffett style popped in your head? No. Okay. Fair Fair enough. My challenge for myself for by this Sunday's episode will be to come up with a good Forrest Lasso one. I've been racking my brain about it. deserves one i'm gonna think of one if you have any suggestions at knifey lion radio just let me know okay um was that a toilet (laughs) are you peeing on the podcast no no way okay final thoughts on detroit as you guys know we are the realest of the real hardcore day and night that's when people think of me they think about fucking agnostic front then they think of jonah from klr I just want people to know, Still Crossed, world-famous, straight-edge hardcore band, recorded their debut and only album in the city of Detroit with Walls of Jericho, Jericho, hardcore legend Mike Hasty. So, if you think we don't know what Detroit's all about, like we haven't driven over eight mile, like we weren't dropping bass drops and hard knocks in Detroit, we were, so... Yeah, if you think we weren't rocking to Suicide Machines when we were in eighth grade, you got another thing coming. Um, if you think we are not moshing to coldest life, you don't know. We're down. <laughs> <laughs> and if you think we weren't uh, moshing outside of our tour van 
to Slipknot's duality, well, you're mistaken. Because we were. <laughs> if you think I wasn't rocking a almost exclusive new metal playlist while in said hardcore band, you are also mistaken. Still crossed. Love and betrayal. Hardcore. Look it up, folks. We're not playing around. Detroit, never. Cincinnati, forever. MLS hey, to ask, Detroit. Ask me if me and Chad played a show with Negative Approach a couple of months ago. We are so down with Detroit. <laughs> it's just too bad. We got on the NGS Twitter account. <laughs> yeah. But I'll be MLS to Detroit all day. All day. Final thoughts, Zach, on the game, on the week. It's all said and done. Final thoughts. Nice feeling of relief. Weight off my shoulders. Put all this nonsense behind us. Um, go back to the, the playful banter. <laughs> with the quaint yeah. Louisville City cosplayers. You seem yeah. just adorable now. I feel like the yeah. ultimate warrior. No, that's that not a, that's said, not a I mean, suggestion for you guys to dress up as, by the way. I know you can't <laughs> resist. I'm not saying dress up as the ultimate warrior. Final thoughts on your vacation? Can you sum it up in one sentence? Uh, that's a little relief, too. We were expecting rain every single day and didn't get any. My final thoughts, since we didn't play a league game, still in first place, Louisville are a bunch of losers. Detroit doesn't exist. Louisville doesn't exist. O'Connor's about to leave you because he thinks you're chumps. You're in USL forever. We are USL never. MLS forever. Rise together.